This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Middletown, Connecticut. Welcome to a Monday morning wake-up call here on Sports Country Radio. And despite what uh, one of our listeners (laughs) popped up with this morning, this show will be about more than the New York Giants victory uh, yesterday. We will get to that in a bit. That was an absolute stunner yesterday. Um, Giants actually one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now, which boggles my mind. Colt McCoy starting a quarterback and they get a win. Uh, go figure. So we'll get to that in a little bit. So, uh, uh, before we get to our uh, football talk for the day, um, some other odds and ends from the weekend, the biggest news here in the state of Connecticut sports wise is the Yukon men have been forced to shut down operations yet Again, there has been a positive COVID-19 test uh, in the group. We don't know who it is. Uh, they don't have to tell us that because of HIPAA rules and stuff. They, they You don't have to release that. But uh, there has been a positive test. So they are shut down. Nobody knows for how long. What we do know is that the Big East opener that was supposed to happen against St. John's on Friday night in Gamble, off. Um, the team practiced on the weekend, but then Sunday night word came down that, uh, there was a positive test. So they're going to do contact tracing. We don't know if it's a, um, a staff member and everybody else, else tests out. Okay. They may be all right after that to resume. Uh, but they are going to uh, put things on hold temporarily. Now they were supposed to play, as I said, on Friday, and then they have games scheduled on Sunday at Georgetown, and then the following Wednesday at Providence. No word yet on whether those will be played. It's going to depend, I guess, on uh, whether it's just that one test, whether it has spread, uh, whether that person that tested positive was even around the team over the weekend. We don't know. Uh, so the second time this has been shut down, it's got to be frustrating as hell, especially for a team that's 3-0. and They had that really nice win uh, in Bubbleville against a much bigger USC team. We were looking forward to seeing what they could do with NC State. That had been postponed uh, because of some issues uh, with NC State. So now uh, everything is off at least for a week. And uh, we will see, you know, perhaps they'll be able to play next Sunday. I guess that's got to be the hope. The good news is for UConn, it doesn't involve the women. Uh, those two teams don't have any contact. So uh, the women are still... Uh, who had already been shut down for a couple of weeks, are on track to open their season against UMass Lowell, I believe, on Friday, I think. Friday or Saturday? Saturday uh, against UMass Lowell. So hopefully uh, that will still go on. Uh, By the way, before we get to uh, the rest of the news, I just wanted to – this is December 7th. 
for you youngsters, it's probably not uh, something that you think about, but uh, this is Pearl Harbor Day. This is the day that the United States was drawn into World War II with the surprise attack uh, by the Japanese in Pearl Harbor that sunk a number of ships. Of course, uh, uh, the USS Arizona battleship famously still there. They have a memorial built over the top of it. There are, I think, 1,100 soldiers died. Uh, and uh, or sailors, I should say. And uh, it was uh, uh, something that we should never forget. But the, the people that were there, the number of veterans from Pearl Harbor are dwindling quickly. I, even if you were a young man of, say, 17 or 18, when that happened, you are in your mid to late 90s now. Uh, there was a story in the Hartford Current this morning about a guy who was 101 years old um, that was uh, on the USS Pennsylvania that was in dry dock at the time. It's the only thing that saved them from being torpedoes. They weren't actually in the water. Uh, but there's not many uh, Pearl Harbor veterans left. There's not many World War II veterans left. They are uh, dwindling at a rapid rate as uh, christened the uh, greatest generation by Tom Brokaw. And, um, you know, I, I heard some great stories over the years um, from some parents uh, and grandparents that, that I've met um, my best friend's father was on a destroyer in World War II and uh, nearly lost his life uh, to a kamikaze attack. Uh, so, uh, you know, we're losing our World War II veterans at a rapid rate, especially those from Pearl Harbor. And uh, but just wanted to recognize that a rather momentous day in our history. Uh, other sports news. Let's get to uh, some other COVID news. And we were all looking forward to the Gonzaga. And Baylor game number one against number two in college basketball this weekend, an hour and a half before the game was supposed to tip off on Saturday, didn't happen. Why? Well, COVID-19 tests uh, came back positive and, uh, uh, for Gonzaga, and so that has been uh, pushed off. Matter of fact, they have put a pause on all basketball competition with Gonzaga through December the 14th. So they have not played since uh, Wednesday night uh, when they beat uh, number 11, West Virginia. They're 3-0, and the number one team in the country, uh, but they will not be playing at least, well, they're not even going to resume activities for a week. So it's going to be after that before they play again. So uh, the number one team in the country is uh, uh, on pause for now. Uh, also, COVID news yesterday, Houston coach uh, Kelvin Sampson and his son, who's an assistant, uh, did not uh, sit on the bench. On Saturday, when uh, number ten Houston played South Carolina, uh, because of uh, contact tracing issues, they don't have any symptoms. They didn't test positive, but they were around people who did, uh, so uh, they had to miss the game this weekend. I mean, it's just it. This is just going to be our life, you know, for the next several months until the vaccine finally starts rolling out and things uh, start to get squared away. It's just, you know. Business as usual, I guess. It, I, it's weird, but it, but that's what it is. A um, couple of people passed away this weekend uh, that I wanted to recognize, especially uh, Mike Shalen is a, uh, was a, a good friend of mine. Uh, Mike wrote for years for the, uh, the Boston Herald. Uh, he was an official scorer at Fenway Park uh, for the Red Sox uh, in the years that, uh, uh, that I worked at Fenway for Major League Baseball, and just a great guy, a funny guy. He was a great writer, uh, wrote a couple of books, uh, several of them, actually. He has one, uh, one of my favorite ones of his is, uh, it's called Out by a Step. It's the 100 best players not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. 
really, really good book. If you haven't read that, you should you should pick it up. Uh, but uh, he's a guy that you know started his career in the uh, the, the mid nineteen seventies. Uh, but, uh, in my capacity and through the years working in college athletics, I had a chance to, uh, to interact with Mike many, many times. And just one of these guys, you get on the phone and, you know, and he calls you for some information on a story he's writing and, uh, you end up talking to him forever. Uh, he's just one of those guys. Now I've been told that we're not getting any audio on Facebook live. I'm not sure why, uh, because it's going through here. So I apologize for that. Um, I will take a look to see if there's something that I can do on this end, but I'm not sure what the problem could be. Um, but, uh, Dave just checked in and he said he's not getting any audio, so I'm not sure. Well, you know, uh, the one thing you can do is you can go to our uh, regular page, uh, sportscountry.net and there's a listen live button on there. Um, of course, if you can't hear me on Facebook right now, then you probably, uh, you're probably saying, yeah, whatever. Um, not, so I'm not sure what the problem is. I will look into it. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to recognize the passing of, uh, Mike Shalen, really, really great writer, but if uh, I highly recommend, he's got some books out there. I highly recommend you pick them up. They're really good. Uh, Peter Alice passed away this weekend also. Um, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I'm getting some messages here on Facebook live. I'm trying to uh, figure out what's going on. Uh, Peter Alice passed away this weekend, a golf commentator on the BBC. He was a great golfer in his own right. Um, and uh, not sure what the problem uh, is on Facebook. I'm sorry, guys. I'm getting a bunch of messages. Uh, but Peter Alice was a great golfer in his own right, guy who won 23 tournaments worldwide, uh, won the Varden Trophy for being the best player on the British PGA uh, in 1964-1966. He started his uh, uh, commentating career with the BBC uh, back in 1961 as part of the team covering the British Open at uh, Royal Birkdale and just continued to do it uh, for years. And uh, really a uh, guy that we didn't hear that often here in America, although we did at times uh, when he would be as part of the broadcast team for the British Open, they would always, uh, he would be on for an hour or so. And uh, one of my favorite lines of his, and I, I had forgotten about this, it was in the AP story this morning, um, 2002, uh, Tiger Woods uh, shot an 81 in the British Open, and Peter Alice once said, it's like turning up to hear Pavarotti sing and finding out that he has laryngitis. <laughs> Great line. Uh, so Peter Alice uh, passed away. He was 89 years old. Um, so I just wanted to recognize uh, those deaths. Uh, one, other, oh, one other guy that passed away this weekend, a uh, guy, a member of the uh, Tennis Hall of Fame, Dennis Ralston, passed away this weekend. Uh, won uh, five Grand Slam doubles championships. Uh, and they said we've lost the audio on both our stream and the website. Hmm. Uh, not sure because it looks like it's going out here, so I am not positive what the uh, problem is, but we will continue to check on that and try to find out why we have lost our audio. Uh, I wish I could tell you because I'm, I'm really not sure, uh, what the problem is, but, uh, I'm, I'm efforting it right now. We will do our best to, uh, to get it squared away. So, uh, uh, please, uh, hang with me as I uh, continue to work on this. Uh, if we get it back, if somebody could send me a message on Facebook, that would be awesome. Uh, cause I'm not sure. Oh, now, now I hear that we're back on the stream at least. Hopefully we're back on Facebook live. Uh, if, if you're watching on Facebook right now and we've got the audio, please let me know. 
so I'm not sure what's going on, but uh, uh, hopefully we have it figured out. Anyway, uh, uh, Dennis Ralston passed away, five-time Grand Slam champion. Uh, he died of cancer in Austin, Texas, and uh, a guy who uh, won the doubles championship at Win- Wimbledon, uh, won the U.S. Nationals several times. He was elected uh, into the uh, Tennis Hall of Fame uh, 10 years uh, after he retired in 1977. Uh, Davis Cup champion as well, so uh, uh, just wanted to recognize that as well. One other thing before we get to football, which is I'm sure everybody wants to hear about, the AP Top 25 poll, no surprise, uh, Alabama unanimous number one. But did you watch the Coastal Carolina-BYU game this weekend? What a great game. You know, and this was a game um, that was scheduled at the last minute. It was scheduled on Thursday. Um, and it was went right down to the wire. Matter of fact, it was a game-saving tackle uh, by a freshman safety Mateo Sadipo on the uh, two-yard line uh, when he uh, tackled Dax Milne on the two-yard line, and that saved the game. I mean, it was – and I tell you what, there's been a lot of talk about Zach Wilson maybe being a, a Heisman candidate. Uh, yeah. You know, look, there were times that he looked pretty good, but if this guy is one of the is one of the top uh, five best quarterbacks in the NCAA, I'm not buying it. I, he didn't impress me that much, to be honest with you. I mean, he was okay. I mean, I'm not saying he stunk. But uh, you have to give a lot of credit to this Chanticleer team. They've only been, by the way, uh, in the big time, in FBS for four years. And they are undefeated. uh, And they beat a BYU team that was hoping to get a college football playoff berth. Not going to happen. But, uh, you know, Zach Wilson, as I said, I mean, look, he was 19 of 30, 240 yards, touchdown, interception. Eh. You know, I mean, it was, he didn't play badly, but it was a fun game, a game that went right down to the end. And, uh, boy, we need more games like that in college football. I mean, that was just fun. It really was. Uh, all right, let's get to the NFL. And uh, the New England Patriots. Now, am I surprised that they beat the Chargers yesterday? Well, no. With the way the Chargers are coached, uh uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Matter of fact, I got a text message last night from Dan Zampano uh, and said how Anthony Lynn, the head coach of the Chargers, doesn't have his bags packed and a ticket on the first plane to Kuala Lumpur, I will never know. I will be <laughs> it's a great line. I will be surprised if he survives the week. I'm sorry, you know, and I know it's late in the year, and you could say, "Well, they're look, they're three and nine; they're not going anywhere. Just let them ride it out." This team looks absolutely dead. No life. You, you got a quarterback out there that that has a great future. That you're going to get killed. Uh, yesterday, you know, with Lynn, it's been issues with play calling. It's been issues with clock management. Yesterday, the special teams were horrendous. I mean, you give up a punt return. You have a field goal blocked and returned for a touchdown. You miss another relatively short field goal attempt. I mean, it was just one mistake after another. They made two penalties on uh, special teams. You know, it was just... 
they just continue to shoot themselves in a the foot. So it's just one thing after another. So how Lynn has, still has his job, I agree with Dan Zapata. I don't know. But that aside, let's tip our cap a little bit to the Patriot defense yesterday. You know, look, they got two touchdowns from special teams, which you don't expect, okay? You, you, you don't. But you also don't expect – the Patriots to perform the way they did. Uh, Cam Newton, look, you know, uh, Cam Newton's okay. You know, he's 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 more of a threat with his legs than his arm. I mean, yesterday he threw the ball 19 times for 69 yards. <laughs> right? So, you know, it's not like he's a, uh, a huge threat. With the arm, you know, it's almost to this point, if you're an opposing defense, you know, is it, do you even bother to cover the damn, you know, the the damn receivers? You're not sure he's going to be able to get the ball to him. Um, so, but he ran for a couple of touchdowns. He makes the defense think, you know, that's why a couple of times when they lost one of the things that they were missing was the fact that all of a sudden Cam Newton wasn't running the football. If he's not going to run the football, you know, uh, he's not going to be an effective quarterback for the Patriots. Is he the, is, as Dan said when we had him on on Friday, you know, he's not the answer for the Patriots. He's not. I mean, I'm not sure Jarrett Stidham is either. Even though Jarrett Stidham did throw a touchdown pass, he came in uh, for garbage time yesterday. Um, but Jarrett Stidham's probably not the answer either. But, you know, Cam Newton, again, two touchdown runs. He ran for 48 yards. He ran 14 times. You know, and the Patriots just, I mean, I felt bad for Justin Herbert. I really did. He had no chance yesterday. Uh, And, by the way, the worst loss in Charger history. Their previous worst loss was a uh, 49-6 loss to the Chiefs all the way back in 1964. So this was as bad as it gets. Um, uh, so, uh, I don't even know what else to say. Now, if you're a Patriot fan, you're looking at it. Well, look, we're six and six, right? Got a chance to make the playoffs. I don't think it's a very good chance. You're still chasing two teams ahead of you. You know, you're two games behind the Miami Dolphins. Uh, and you know, you've got Buffalo you've, that's sitting in first place that you've got to chase down. And everybody else that you needed to lose yesterday didn't. You know, uh, Cleveland picks up a big win. We'll get to that. That was a shocker. Uh, Vegas manages to pull out a win uh, over the Jets in another one of those head scratchers where you go, you know, what are they doing? You know, they, they a stupid defensive call late in the game, but we'll get to that in a minute. But everybody else the Patriots needed to lose didn't. Uh, unless you want to count uh, Tennessee. But even then, there's two games behind Tennessee. So, look, their chances of making the playoffs are very slim. They had, last night I'm watching the Sunday night game. They had uh, Steve Kornacki, the guy on who was uh, did their election coverage and you know was on the big board and everybody. He became like some big sex symbol around the country. Um, they had him on. And uh, I think he showed that the Patriots – only have like a 
I don't know, like a 30% chance to make the playoffs or something like that. I can't remember the exact number, but it wasn't great. Uh, but that was pretty funny to watch. But, you know, look, if you're the Patriots fan, you're showing some signs of life. For Bill Belichick, uh, picks up a win in his 455th game. That moved him past, by the way, Tom Landry for third most games coached uh, in NFL history. He's also third in wins with 309. Uh, so, And now if you're the Patriots, they are staying in Los Angeles. They have to face a Rams team that had a big win yesterday. I think the Patriots, I think in the line that opened up already for next week, I think they're already a six-and-a-half-point underdog. The question with this game, and I don't think it really matters because there's no fans in the stands, but there is a possibility that this game might not even be played in Los Angeles. There has already been talk because Los Angeles County uh, has shut down. They are asking or not or telling people to stay home, I think, for like three weeks. Uh, there is a real possibility that this game could be moved out of Los Angeles, and there was some talk that both the Chargers and the Rams – could potentially finish their home seasons in Las Vegas. Now, they'd have to do a lot of maneuvering, obviously, with uh, with the Raiders' schedule to be able to do that. But there is a possibility that the Patriots are staying in Los Angeles. The game might not even be there. They might have to move to, uh, to Las Vegas to play this game. You know, we'll see. And, look, the NFL, you know, we have seen they have been very fluid with the schedule. You know, we've got uh, a couple of games today. We've got a game tomorrow. I mean, pretty soon with this COVID-19 thing, we're going to have a, a game every day. But anyway, good win for the Patriots. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, they're not making the playoffs, but that was a team you had to win, and that may have been uh, the death knell for Anthony Lynn in San Diego. I I, I just – we look, I already know he's not surviving to coach next year. The only question now is is – uh, does the Spanos family decide they want to make a move now and try to breathe some life back into this team to, so you have something uh, t- to build on uh, going into next year? I mean, look, the Chargers have a game coming up uh, this weekend that is a winnable game against the Atlanta Falcons. But I wouldn't bet the farm on that one either. So we'll see whether Anthony Lynn makes it uh, makes it to next week, and I I kind of have my doubts. It's 28 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call. I'm told we still have no sound on Facebook Live, and I really uh, am stumped as to why. So uh, please bear with me. I'm trying to. Uh, uh, I'm trying to work on it, which is difficult to do while talking at the same time. But uh, we are efforting uh, to try to get that back. I understand we still we do have sound on the stream uh, on the website. If you go to sportscountry.net, you can get it there. But again, I'm talking to the people on Facebook Live, and uh, that's not going to help them. Uh, so anyway, still working on it. I'm not sure what the deal is, but uh, thanks for hanging in there with us. Um, another stunner from yesterday, perhaps. Well, this was – I don't know whether this one eclipses the Cleveland victory over Tennessee or not. It probably does. Uh, I never saw this coming. Somehow, the New York Giants, without Daniel Jones and Colt McCoy starting at quarterback, beat the Seahawks yesterday. If you are Seattle, you've got to be very, very concerned with what is going on there right now. This is a team uh, that is – 
not playing its best football all of a sudden. Now they are in a flat-footed tie with the Rams atop the NFC West at 8-4. and four. The Giants now, with that fifth win, have taken control of the NFC least. Uh, for Colt McCoy, it's the first time he's won a football game as a starter in six years. Uh, when he was with the Washington, well, at the time, they were the Washington Redskins. That was the last time that he won a game as a starter. Now, he wasn't the reason they won the game yesterday, let's be honest. Uh, they ran the football very, very well. Uh, you know, that was the difference in this game. Uh, Colt McCoy was 13 of 22, 105 yards. He had a touchdown pass, uh, threw an interception, you know, and he threw the interception early and then recovered from that, took care of the football uh, the rest of the way. But Wayne Gallman, 135 yards rushing on 16 carries, 8.4 a pop. You know, they just ran all over this team yesterday. They they ran the ball for 190 yards on 31 carries over Seattle. They were all over Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson looked lost. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Uh, Russell Wilson was uh, 27 for 43, 263 yards, but he got sacked five times. Five times. You know, uh, but he looked like he was unsure of himself. Now, you know, look, you're getting hit a lot and you're getting, you know, sacked. That's got a lot to do with that. Um, but he still looked like he was close to, he was going to bring him back. Throws a, throws a touchdown pass to uh, Chris Carson with about six minutes left. You know, they're back within 17 to 12. Uh, but Colt McCoy, again, this is where, you know, that veteran leadership, I guess. Uh, a couple of big throws on the Giants' next drive, kept the drive alive, ran down the clock. Uh, they did eventually have to punt, but the Giants' defense came through at the end, and uh, they beat Seattle 17-12. to First home loss of the year for the Seattle Seahawks. And didn't uh, didn't uh, Pete Carroll just sign a contract extension? Not the way you want to celebrate a contract extension. Uh, but anyway, a uh, big win for the Giants. So now 5-7, and seven, a half a game lead over the Washington Redskins. The Redskins, of course, play um, this, after, well, this afternoon, I guess, technically or this evening. They're going to lose to Pittsburgh today. Uh, <laughs> that game starts at 5 o'clock uh, before the Buffalo-San Francisco game at 8-15. Uh, but so the Giants, <laughs> I, you know, have won, what, four out of five? And now are poised to win the NFC East. Unreal. And you look at next week, the Giants have another big test. They play Arizona. It is in New Jersey, but they've got Arizona next Sunday. Now, Arizona's going to be reeling after losing to the Rams this week. And if you're Seattle, you got a chance to get healthy because you play the Jets. And while I'm uh, thinking about the Jets... They went to 0-2 yesterday. I thought they had this game wrapped up. It looked like you know they were going to beat the Raiders. Ty Johnson with that one-yard run with about five and a half minutes to go. The Jets go up 28-24. 
Raiders have a last gasp. And look, you know, you know it's going to be a Hail Mary pass. There's there's less than 10 seconds on the clock, right? So if you're the Jets, I mean, the thing to do is you line everybody up <laughs> at the, on the end zone, at the end line, and you say, just don't, you know, just don't let them catch it in the end zone. You know, the old prevent defense. Well, what they decided to do was rush seven guys. They blitzed Derek Carr on that last play. So all of a sudden now you got one-on-one coverage. Carr lets it loose. He hits Henry Ruggs for a 46-yard pass for a touchdown with five seconds to go, and the Raiders pull this one out. Unbelievable. Now, (laughs) yesterday after the game was over, Boomer Esiason actually accused the Jets of purposely throwing this game. You know, uh, I don't think they did that. I just think it's the Jets, and you expect the Jets to do stupid things. But this was a simple case of you just can't do that. You don't blitz on a Hail Mary. I mean, I get you. As a Jet fan, I guess you could say, well, we're 0-11. What the hell you got to lose? Maybe you sack them. No. No. You don't do that. So it's just unreal. So the so the uh, the Raiders get handed a gift. And, you know, look, the Raiders needed that. If they lose that game yesterday, they're 6-6, six and six, and their playoff hopes start to dim. Now they're in much better shape after pulling out a win over the Jets. And the Jets have pretty much guaranteed they're going to have uh, the number one draft pick because they're just pathetic. But that's just, I mean, it's just nuts. It's just nuts. But it's the Jets. And you almost expect stuff like that. Um, So yesterday morning, my wife and I went out. We had some family stuff we had to do. So we're down helping her on who's moving. So we were helping her unpack. And I'm driving home. You know, we don't leave there till like 1 o'clock. And I've got a 45-minute drive. So I'm driving home, and while I'm driving, a message comes through on my cell phone. Uh, Our NFL correspondent, Dan Zampano, said, uh, remember being bullish on uh, the Titans? And, I, you know, so I wasn't real sure what he was talking about. And uh, so while I'm driving, I hand my wife my phone and said, hey, what's the score? And Cleveland was absolutely drilling Tennessee, I got home just at halftime. It's 38-7. to Now, I would have bet anything I have that the, the Tennessee Titans were never going to be down 30 points in this game. Um, so... <laughs> 38 to 7. Now, Tennessee made it interesting at the end of the game. They actually outscored Cleveland in the second half, 28 to 3, too little, too late. Um, but this Browns team that had not really beaten anybody all year came through in a big way yesterday. Now, I don't know whether how seriously to take this. I don't know whether it's a simple case of uh Tennessee didn't take it seriously? I I don't know. But 
Baker Mayfield threw four touchdown passes in the first half. He was 25 of 33, 334 yards in the game. He was perfect. No interceptions. Cleveland ran the ball well. Nick Chubb had 80 yards rushing. Average four and a half a pop. Scores a touchdown. Does his thing. Um, and in the meantime, Ryan Tannehill sleepwalked through the first half. He ends up throwing for 389 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, they got a gift uh, late in the game when uh, Colt McCoy ruled to, was ruled to have fumbled the football and uh, Tennessee managed to score a, another touchdown with about 28 seconds left But uh, to make it look closer than it actually was. But I don't know how seriously to take this Cleveland team. You know, every week we look at Tennessee and, uh, you know, Dan called them the, uh, the schoolyard bullies. You know, that beat up on the little kids, but then, you know, somebody bigger comes along and pounds them. Well, this was a legitimate win. And I was. I was a team. I said it on Friday on the show. I said, I think if there's a team that's going to challenge Kansas City, it's going to be the Tennessee Titans. I love the way Derrick Henry runs the football. You know, uh, Tannehill puts up big numbers. He's underrated. Well, Derrick Henry wasn't a factor in this game yesterday. And look, you got to give the Cleveland defense some credit here. Uh, you know, they stuffed Henry on a fourth and one on the Titans opening drive, you know, uh, now it looked like on replay that he had made the first down. It was challenged. They didn't overturn it. So you can question whether, you know, he truly made the first down or not. And maybe that is, you know, did that get into Tennessee's head? I don't know, but good Lord. You know, Derrick Henry was not a factor in this game. So, I, I, you know, I, I really don't know what to think. Now, we'll find out next week. If if Cleveland is for real, if this 9-3 and three is legit. Now, they're playing a team in Baltimore next week that's 6-5. and five, But it is a Baltimore team that still has a lot of weapons. They're going to have their quarterback back next week. They're going to have their backfield back next week. Uh, You know, it's a Monday night game, so it's, you know, they've got eight days to prepare. If this Cleveland team is for real, they have to beat the the, uh, Ravens on Monday night. They have to. Otherwise, you can't take this team seriously. You know, if they get whacked again by by another team in their division, then they can't be taken seriously. So uh, we'll learn a lot more. But give Baker Mayfield a lot of credit. You know, by the way, he's the only quarterback in the NFL to throw four touchdown passes and a half this year. You know, and uh, he spread the ball around. You know, he threw those touchdown passes to four different receivers. Uh, Jarvis Landry, Kendall Lamb, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones at a 75-yarder, and Rashard Higgins. He hit eight different receivers in the, you know, while he was in there. I mean, it was just it was a perfect day for Baker Mayfield. And maybe this was just a perfect storm for Tennessee. Maybe it's just a, you know, just picked the wrong day. Everybody has games. Uh, and if you're Tennessee, you have to bounce back quickly, and you got the right team to do it. Other than facing uh, the Jets, 
Facing a one-win Jacksonville team would probably be the way you want to go. Although, as I saw somebody say, he said, Jacksonville is the most dangerous one-win team in NFL history. Well, we'll find out. Uh, it is 43 minutes past the hour. We've got to take another break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call. It is 45 minutes past the hour, and our sound problems continue. Uh, I apologize. I'm not sure what is going on, but it appears that we have lost sound uh, to Facebook Live. It appears that we've lost sound everywhere. I even lost it in my studio. It's still going out. Uh, we're recording it. If you missed the show, I'll, I'll put a link up later. You'll be able to get our podcast, but uh, uh, I'm going to have to reset everything. We appear to be having some major issues here, so I apologize for that, and uh, uh, hopefully you'll... Uh, uh, be able to uh, to pick up the podcast later on, and uh, I'll, I'll post a link to it on our website. Um, all right, a couple other things to get to before we get out of here this morning. A big win yesterday for the New Orleans Saints. They clinch a playoff spot. Uh, they go uh, to 10-2. and two. Taysom Hill throws his first touchdown pass in the NFL. Matter of fact, it was his first touchdown pass since uh, he was at BYU back in 2016. And... Uh, uh, they beat the Atlanta Falcons yet again, the second time that they have beaten the Falcons uh, in the last three weeks. They beat them twenty-one to sixteen. Had to hang on to do it. it by the way, the Falc or the uh, the New Orleans defense gave up a touchdown for the first time in fourteen quarters. They had not given up a touchdown um, since. Uh, they played San Francisco back on November 15th. So, and I've gotten news that even on our stream that, uh, that I'm on, but for some reason the commercials aren't coming through. So I'm not sure what the issue is. I, again, I, I'm not sure we're going to, we'll have to break everything down after the show is over. Uh, anyway, uh, a good win for the Saints yesterday. And you realize, you know, everybody was worried when Drew Brees went down last year. Everybody was worried when Drew Brees got hurt again this year. The Saints are 8-0 in the last two years when Breeze wasn't able to play. They went 5-0 and with Teddy Bridgewater last year, and now Taysom Hill has made it three in a row. Saints have a big game coming up next Sunday. If the Eagles <laughs> I even I hate to even say if the Eagles want to have any chance at the playoffs, but they still have a chance at the playoffs, even with a three eight and one record, uh, because they're in the NFC East. And the Giants are, you know, likely to lose next week. Uh, if the Philly has any hopes, they have to beat the Saints next week. And now New Orleans has to go to Philadelphia next Sunday to face the Eagles. They are still not going to have Drew Brees. They hope that he will be back for the game after that. But Taysom Hill is going to have to play against the Eagles this week uh, coming up. Uh, but Hill, again, threw for 232 yards. But what makes him so dangerous, see, to me, right now, Taysom Hill is a better Cam Newton than Cam Newton. Because Taysom Hill right now at least is a bigger threat to throw the football. Now, you can make a case that he's got more offensive weapons. He's got better receivers to throw to. I'll give you that. But he threw for 232, and he ran for 83 on 14 carries. So this is a guy that, you know, can throw the ball 
a little bit. He certainly can run. We saw that when you know the, with the Wildcat that they set up a lot of times, even when Drew Brees was healthy. So Taysom Hill right now is a better quarterback than Cam Newton, no question. And I don't care, you know, what Cam Newton's resume says. Taysom Hill right now is out Newtoning Newton. Uh, you know, now of course the Saints have Alvin Kamara. Kamara with another touchdown uh, yesterday. Finished the game with 88 yards on 15 carries, six yards a pop. Uh, Matt Ryan didn't throw any interceptions yesterday, but wasn't very good. He was 19 of 39, uh, got sacked three times. Uh, if there's one downside, by the way, to Taysom Hill, it's that he tends to perhaps hold on to the football too long, threw a, uh, fumbled the ball a couple of times yesterday, could have thrown the ball away. So he turned it over a couple of times. That probably, if there's a, a big knock on him, that would be it. Uh, but a good win for New Orleans. The time of possession lopsided in favor of the Saints, 37 minutes to 23. Uh, so a big win for them, a win that they had to have. Uh, and uh, as far as next week goes, I expect that they will still beat the Eagles. God, I would hope so. Uh, I, you know, and again, you know, I, I don't think that there's going to be any letdown like, Oh, you know, we've made the playoffs. We can rest now. Now they do have a three game lead over the Tampa Bay bucks. So their chances of, uh, losing the division are pretty much nil. Uh, Tampa's not going to run the table. Uh, Tampa right now is actually hoping they can make the playoffs. Uh, but, uh, the saints now at 10 and two, and, and I would expect they'll win next week. A bit of a surprise last night in that the chiefs struggled. Now, they won the game 22-16 to over the Broncos. What was different in this game is you don't usually see Kansas City struggle in the red zone. They uh, couldn't do anything. They were 0-4 in the red zone yesterday. They had to settle for field goals time after time after time. Harrison Butker made five field goals in this game. You know, now, you know, if... <laughs> Thank God they have him. The only uh, touchdown pass came from uh, uh, Mahomes to Travis Kelsey with about a minute to go in the third quarter. Gave Kansas City the lead. I mean, Denver was was leading this game with four minutes to go in the third quarter. You know, and uh, give the Kansas City defense a lot of credit. Uh, they picked off Drew Locke a couple of times, uh, but Melvin Gordon ran the hell out of the ball yesterday. 131 yards on the ground for the Broncos, one of his best games of the season. Uh, but Kansas City ran the ball efficiently. You know, they didn't have anybody that uh, uh, ran up big yards. But, you know, Bell ran for about four yards a carry. Williams, about six yards a carry. Taysom Hill had a 30-yard run. Mahomes ran it well. Uh, so they just grinded it out. You know, and uh, they managed to win this one over. The, this was a very scrappy Broncos team. Now, you know, the big question in Denver is, is Drew Locke going to be the guy going forward for Denver? You know, and th this is basically, I think, his audition for the next uh, few games. They're going to ride him the rest of the season, try to figure out whether this is the guy, and try to figure out whether they need to make a move in the draft. Uh, the Broncos have the Carolina Panthers coming up next Sunday. The Chiefs. Uh, go to Miami. Uh, and look, Kansas City is going to win 
the AFC West. They're in the playoffs now with that victory last night that clinched their playoff spot. Uh, but I don't see Patrick Mahomes being the kind of guy that's just going to coast, you know. And I don't see Andy Reid being the kind of uh, guy, coach that's going to allow his team uh, to coast. Uh, one other bizarre thing in this game last night: um, Tyree Kill caught what appeared to be a touchdown pass, then it was ruled incomplete. On the replay, you see that it was knocked out of his hands, but it never touched the ground. It went up like against his helmet, and he still had his hand on it. And it should have been a touchdown. But even Tyreek Hill didn't know that he caught this pass. Normally, you know, something like that happens, you know, he's going right over to the coach and waving the hands and saying, hey, you know, I caught that. And uh, not so much. He didn't had no idea. So he didn't say anything. The Chiefs didn't challenge it. And no touchdown. And like Andy Reid said, you know, usually your wide receiver will let you know. But Taysom, I mean, uh, Tyreek Hill had no idea uh, that he even caught that thing. Uh, so, anyway, uh, one other quick game to uh, talk about yesterday. Phillip Rivers with a nice bounce back, a big win uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, they beat Houston 26-20, to a game that Indy had to have. I mean, no question. And now they are tied with the – Tennessee Titans with the uh, Titans uh, losing that game yesterday. Uh, but uh, now Indianapolis, as I said, 8-4. and four. Uh, Phillip Rivers in this one goes 27-35, uh, of 35, 285 yards, two touchdowns, did not throw a pick. He did get sacked three times, but Deshaun Watson threw for 341 yards yesterday, but the uh, Colts defense sacked him five times. Five. Uh, so a tough day. Uh, for Houston, they also lost a fumble in this game, so uh, a tough one. Deshaun Watson didn't throw a touchdown pass in this game, and uh, Indianapolis wins this one. That is going to do it for us here this morning. I've got to take a few minutes to figure out the sound problems here. I appreciate those of you that stuck with us on the stream this morning. I don't know uh, uh, what the problem is. Hopefully we'll have it fixed, and we'll be back tomorrow morning with another edition of the Wake Up Call. We leave you this morning with some Christmas music from Brett Eldridge and Megan Trainer. Baby, it's cold outside. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.